Welcome to The Good Work, a podcast and video series that follows the event company, an event design company that specializes in corporate, nonprofit, and social events. Our passion lies in creating one-of-a-kind events that share the good work of organizations we are fortunate to collaborate with. Tune in for conversations with leaders of these great groups, our best advice for your next event, and some behind-the-scenes moments. Now, let us show you the good work. One of the most talked about new originals on Netflix and in our office is the documentary Fire, the greatest party that never happened. In this episode of The Good Work, the women at the event company are going to review the documentary and provide our views on the fails and flops of the Fire Festival. We'll cover it all, from the venue to the food, logistics, and even the finances. Please welcome to today's podcast, Addie, Callie, Sarah, and Maddie. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Hello. You're back in Cali. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. We're talking about not catching fire, but they fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this event kind of did, but the fire festival. Yeah. And we've got all four of us here. Yeah. Party. I'm so excited. I like it. So we're going to talk about how the flops and the fails of fire festival. There were some successful points early on. Yeah, I think sure. they have oh, no <laughs> sure. reason. Sure. I think they have good intentions. Yes, good intentions. Good intentions. I, uh, I don't know how I feel about that either, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know about that one either. So this is going to be really just our own take, our own review. We've talked a lot about this in the office. We've listened to podcasts. We've watched it. On Netflix, I've seen parts of the Hulu one, the new Hulu version, where Ooh. it's really just Billy up there kind of defending himself in a sense. But hmm. so, um, so yeah, it'll be fun to kind of hear your guys' take on different things. But why don't we start out by kind of talking about the premises and the whole synopsis of the festival. Do you want to start, Callie, and talking yeah, a little bit about I can, I back guess. in 2017? Yeah. So um, a young entrepreneur, I guess we could call him, I think yeah. he's about 24 years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. started this uh company basically was the concept of getting young millennials together to like socialize Mm -hmm. kind of an exclusive club basically so they paid a yearly membership fee they'd go to these venues it got very successful and so we made some other connections with rapper ja Ja rule ja rule Rule. and they can you sing us any ja rule songs i don't (laughs) think so um they decided they wanted to make a music festival, basically. Yeah. And this young entrepreneur, Billy, so I'll just probably use his name. Billy McCarlin. Yep. And he acquired an island in the Bahamas. Yeah. Who was famous? Pa- Who was Pablo, Pablo Escobar? Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so they said, let's do it there. Yep. So Drow was going to take the musical part of it. Billy was going to kind of do the business side of it. Mm-hmm. They create a separate media company to really do the whole influencer, mm-hmm. social media push, all yeah. of that. And that's where we kind of start the <laughs> fail part. The, the planning. The yeah. fire. Yeah. So they started to do um, – they initially brought in a bunch of influencers. I think it was basically a bunch of models. A bunch of models. Yes. Um, he had some NFL people mm-hmm. or people players. Yeah. 
players. Um, I know that they had different and that sporting whole, you know, the whole sporting arena, some Mm -hmm. musicians as well that really kind of got on board. And they started that whole social media push with those orange tiles. Yes. So people were putting these orange tiles out on all their social platforms, big influencers as well. And just that it was coming. Something really awesome was coming, right? Yeah. And I suppose it took over the internet because people are like, what's all this orange Orange boxes everywhere? And then at that same time, though, it was like right after, right previously that they all took a trip down this island with a bunch of like footage and coverage and basically had this big party and kind of got them all on board yeah and started the kind of planning process and then the social media push followed and then the planning or lack of planning kind of started yeah. after that so all of the push on social media though was all these beautiful models looking like they were having fun on these yachts like that's where all that behind the scenes mm-hmm. footage kind of came and people wanted to be a part of it right so they released those orange tiles and then all these other little snippets started getting released out yeah. there mm-hmm. drinking partying swimming with the cute pigs yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, pigs. the cute pigs so yeah the, so all of this all happened really not necessarily organically, but it did in that sense, sense, you know, through social media pushes of it. But social media ended up, so it started really hopping, right? And the, but then really inevitably, social media was the demise of this event at right. the same time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because it all ends. And we'll talk a little bit later about this, but the cheese sandwich that really broke the event, right? So you have all these influencers that have millions of followers. And then you've got this one kid who had like 420 some followers. That really helped end the whole the whole shebang. Took it all down. Took it yeah. all yeah. down. Yep. While we're talking about the social media piece of it, um, there were a lot of things that they did not do right in that essence, really, for social media. Because as the time was coming, so when did they launch? Like, like a few months prior to, right? Yeah, throughout it, was social, very, it was a short, short timeline. Throughout yeah. Socials. Yeah. I know that we weren't, they weren't hiring in the vendors until really close to the mm-hmm. event and things like that. But through social media-wise, they had this this influencer program, you know, people were posting about it. People are paying 1500 3000 whatever it was to be a part of it, right? And get these exclusive packages. And, but they didn't get any data or info prior to. So nothing on their flights, nothing where they were going to go, what things were happening or very little info, right? So people were pushing all these questions out on social media as well. They were commenting on Instagram, commenting on Facebook, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. And one of the things that I think is so interesting, especially from our side, because we help manage a lot of social platforms when people ask questions you just give them a response right right granted they didn't have answers to some of those questions mm-hmm. so what they were doing is they were screenshotting important questions that needed to get answered right um, whether it was medical related or whatever those questions were important ones and they were making those determinations of what was important or not but then the thing that really got me is that they ended up deleting Mm-hmm. All the negative, negative. Yeah, deleting stuff. like not even responding or no. even keeping them out there they physically went in there and deleted started deleting comments right. sketchy and that's a major red flag like if you're trying to cover yeah. things up that yeah. badly mm-hmm. right you know like yep. something's they're going not down organized they <laughs> yeah, don't know the, the influencers that they were paying to promote the event who are the people that you want people that are interested in going to reach out to they didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have didn't anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when – so Blink-182 was one of the first music, or first groups to actually back out. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like I remember – I remember watching the film, of course, but I remember watching it kind of unfold throughout media, like traditional media print and all through like Yahoo and just regular internet-wise a couple years back. But people started bailing, right? And they weren't – they weren't as descriptive of why they were. They were just simply saying, like, it's not up to their standards. They're just leaving. Yep. So that's really kind of where the whole tumble started to – or the cookie started to crumble, really, yeah. right? 
when you started seeing musicians that were bailing on the and event. And from their perspective, like, they didn't even have a stage. Like, nope. it was nothing. They yeah. had no lighting. And I'm sure theirs was just the uneasiness. Like, you don't want to plan if you're 90 days out. You have requirements or needs and yeah. you're not getting fulfilled and you don't know when it'll be fulfilled to know if it's even an option. Like, I would, yeah. You have to talk about the safety of the musicians yeah, that are exactly. up on stage. We've had other events yeah. where um, I've talked a little bit about this before. I won't talk about the musician, but we had a musician where they had beer cans that were thrown up at them from the pit. And the musician actually stopped, got off stage, skipped four songs and said he wasn't coming back on stage. And for that event, for us, we were like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? You've got thousands, thousands of people that have paid dollars to come to this concert. It's a fundraising event. And now you've got a musician that's sitting in his bus. Well, I kind of agree with him, right? Like you're yeah. talking about mm-hmm. cans being thrown at your face, right? Right, Or or uh, bottles or whatever it happens to be. So yeah, there's the safety of the musicians and crew and staff that are up on the stage. So yeah. I mean, yeah, kudos to them for kind of pulling yeah, out in that right. last minute. But yeah. So let's walk our viewers and listeners kind of through, especially those that haven't seen the documentary or followed it these last couple of years. But let's talk from the perspective of a guest, right? So the guest registers and they get on the plane. But do you remember how they had said in the documentary that the plane was kind of sketchy as well? Like one girl um, said, like, this is not even economy. This is like three levels or two levels below economy. Yeah. And they just slapped the word fire festival on the side of this plane. Like it was even sketchy from the beginning. like re- like regional jets that we yeah. fly a lot in yeah. Sioux Falls to yeah. like get to Chicago or Minneapolis yeah. or whatever, those four seats across or two seats, two seats yeah. in between the aisle. So everyone else was like, what is this? And I'm like, that's pretty normal, but <laughs> right. whatever. But these people but were both almost almost below, the below private jet. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. not so much that, but just like the small ones and people yeah. kind of get uneasy about it. But when they were expecting, I think like they get, they're supposed to get there and it's like high end. They paid thousands, thousands, thousand dollars for a nice house and nice yeah. whatever that they were expecting yeah. like high-end private and the promoter videos were those cool little jets that yeah you know made you feel right. like you were a gajillionaire yeah. exactly and exactly. then they get on these little flights and they're all cramped like this and no one knows mm-hmm. what's going on and stop breathing on me yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> maybe we should get our own plane we just slap the event company on this side we'll for all look of into our... that <laughs> I'm not Little putting Billy that on my first year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not happening. Not happening. So they get off the plane and before they even arrived, they had a huge rain, huge rainstorm the night before. So you have islanders. You don't just have the staff that are working with Fire Festival that are involved. You have all of these islanders that are also a part of it. And they are building all the elements they are building the what were those domes tent little domes? tents bubble tents they were hur- tents. like the hurricane yeah. tents yes. yeah yes they yeah. were building everything they were bringing everything in and you had this huge rainstorm the night before which mm-hmm. literally made the entire island Ruined collapse everything the mattresses everything was just destroyed mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah gosh. there was nothing so yeah they get off the plane and they're expecting, you know, limos and all this oh, yeah. stuff to take them to the festival, and everyone's super excited, but they get picked up in big yellow buses, yeah. big school buses. Or for some of them, there was no transportation. Remember their media team mm-hmm. came? Yeah. Like, they came in early, and there was nobody there to pick them up. They had to, like, hitchhike 
yeah. Yeah. you know, to get yeah. to the island. Yep. So you have all these people get off the bus, right? And um, they deter them, though, at that restaurant. Remember yep. that at the beginning? So this restaurant, really part of the island, they deter them. They're like, just keep them because they arrived early, right? So they're not ready for them at all because the first flight was supposed to get there at like, what, 630 or yeah, something? Yeah, ended up coming at like 2 Yeah, they or arrived something. a lot earlier than they were expected to. So they detain them at this restaurant. These kids and young adults, I should say, mm-hmm. are just boozing, right? Yep. Drinking That's vodka. what they kind of said to do. Like, yeah. just they were just give them alcohol and try to deter them from right. mm-hmm. what was yeah. the reality. So this poor restaurant was getting hammered with people and didn't expect it. So you've got drunk kids on a pier walking all over. With their luggage. Mm-hmm. With their luggage, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, trying to figure out what to do, right? And right. they're thirsty and they're hungry and there's nowhere for them to go. No. So then they all hop on the school buses, like Maddie was saying, make their way to the island, and you can hear people's reactions on that bus when they're finally coming in, and they're like, this is a shit show, (laughs) right? They're like, turn the bus around. (laughs) Not what we had signed up for. Some had luggage, but do you remember, Sarah, too, some didn't have luggage? Like, they were Mm -hmm. in, like, big trailers. A big trailer, and they had to go pick it up. They were having to unload it themselves. But seeing people in line just to get their accommodations, like where they were sleeping, what was going to happen. They didn't have enough beds for people. Beds were wet, like you had said. Toilet paper, water. Like, there was nothing for them. Nothing to sign. So it was a free-for-all. So people were just running for one that was closest to the outside because they didn't want to be on the inside or whatever it might have been. But... But to imagine, I can't even imagine if you were promised, like they had all the sketches, they always showed all the sketches of what the, like the like bungalows and the yeah. villas are supposed to look like. And then to walk up and you're like, nope, this is it. This is a hurricane tent with yeah. a wet mattress. Yes. Can you imagine? Oh, no. No. What if you had stepped into even, let's just say a gala that we have. You have no idea. You bought a ticket. You don't know what to do, where to go. Sometimes you just figure it out, right? And yeah. that's what they did. They all got together and just tried to figure out how to survive the night right right? do you remember one of the um one of the people said like it was super eerie walking around there was no lighting no Mm -hmm. lighting people were pillaging for toilet paper they almost turned into savages because they're like we don't know how long this is gonna last what is the situation like they're so confused right and you've got the fire team that's in this resort right so they've got places and beds to sleep in um but you've got all these other people that are sleeping truly on either wet mattresses or nowhere yep. and sharing spaces together. It looked it, it, miserable. Yeah. It, yeah. Don't sign me up for that. <laughs> I, hope, I don't think there'll be another one. I don't, there. I don't think so. Not anytime soon. <laughs> so um, let's step back though a little bit because before those people even stepped foot there, you've got all these vendors that are a part of it. So who do you have helping with these events? You've got AV teams, you've got musicians, you've got promoters, you've got food and beverage, you've got the water guy who's working with customs, you've got all these different people that are a part of this event, and all these social media people as well back in the States trying to figure out how to promote it. And everybody had said, don't do it, right? Yeah. They're Mm -hmm. like, you need to cancel this. It's not going to work. Yeah, even take a step back. So we said that they, Billy bought Pablo Escobar's Island. Right. Well, they had a Navy SEAL come in to like scout it all out, to yeah. make sketches to see where they right. could build all this stuff. And he said, you can't do it here. Yeah. There's not enough space. Not enough space. There's not enough capabilities nope. for things like sewer, water, things like that. So yeah. they moved it to this other island. Yeah. And that's where we talked about yeah. the, and the restaurant, the, restaurant the, the bubble tents, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So, <sighs> you know, they were told one, they were told no once yeah. big time. And 
wasn't happening. And then they said, nope, we can still do it. red flag is they started advertising that it was Pablo Escobar's island. And wasn't he not supposed to do that? Ooh, I don't remember Yeah, the part. family. Yeah. yeah. The family had said, no, they, we don't want They were here. the ones that kicked him out. Yep. Oh, I don't and remember that part. they just said, well, we're going to do it here anyway. And yeah. Oh, just so many red flags along the way. You've got Mark Weinstein, who is basically saying, I advise you, you are going against my word. I have told you repeatedly, Mm -hmm. you cannot pull this event off. And they still did it anyway. And do you remember their, do you remember, I don't know if it was Billy's comment back or one of the other guys to him, but they're like, that's fine. At least they'll get to see your smiling face and watch you do yoga. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because he was supposed to instruct you yoga as Mm -hmm. well. So you're talking about a huge trusted advisor on the AV side of things and all these different pieces logistically. And he's telling them, do not do this. Like the Navy SEAL specifically told Mark as well, like you should not be doing this event. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And they disregarded it. The whole time though, if you have read any of the read anything or even watched the documentary, like Billy's pretty cool throughout this whole process, right? Not breaking. He is pretty firm with things. Things are gonna happen, very positive. Um, things are gonna go off without a hitch. And then he broke. Right. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? The thing is, he didn't break until about 12 hours right. yeah, before yeah, yeah. guests landed. Yeah. As like, that's what Andy, the right. uh, event planner that he yeah. eventually brought on said. He didn't yeah. really break until about 12 hours yeah. before the guests came. That's like mind boggling to me. No I kidding. just feel like, I mean, we endure a lot of stress on our team as well. Like yeah. event planning and event design is one of the top 10 most stressful jobs. HuffPost post about it, USA Today, every year. And we're always in one of those top 10. And it is stressful because you're dealing with so many different elements and so many different people. And you're in charge of kind of keeping it all together, right? Mm-hmm. Don't lose your shit, right? Like mm-hmm. keep it all together. Mm-hmm. I, just said th- I just said that on the podcast. I'm so sorry. Twice. But- you already said it once too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Real passionate about this stuff. But... He kept it cool, right? And that's yeah, our job too. Like, did. no matter if stuff is breaking, dresses are on fire, people are laying on the ground, hungry, and pillaging for toilet paper. You got to keep it cool. Mm-hmm. Remember, he got up in front of that crowd, stood on whatever he stood on, a and started addressing or them, or table, saying like, "It's all going to be okay, and they're mm-hmm. going to figure it out, and things are going to go." And no, I nada. don't know how he did it. I think I would have cracked. That's a lot of stress. They had people just staff that were crying, like men and women and older people. Like people were in tears. When you listen to that documentary and you hear Andy talk about it as well, Andy King, a notorious event planner and has done parties all over the world for incredible brands that really came on board and had worked with Andy for many years prior to the fact. Billy, yeah. Uh, Worked with Billy. And you, you hear him talk about it, how people, those staff, though, were fearful of their lives yeah. at that point. Because you do have people that are going to go crazy. They ha- they can't go to the bathroom anywhere, right. whatever it looks like. Right. They're starving. You literally have people that are trapped on an island, mm-hmm. nowhere mm-hmm. to go. No. So you hear Andy's perspective of it as well. Biz Bash did a really awesome podcast with Andy. Is that about a month ago or so, Callie? That's what a month ago, yeah, we listened to. It. I think it came out yeah. pretty, sh- like, Shortly pretty soon after, after the, the Netflix, Netflix documentary. But. So it's really interesting to kind of see his perspective as well. And right, um, but his perspective of Billy yeah. is that he's like he was a young, like, successful entrepreneur who had yeah. ideas, who came through on a lot. Well, sort of came through on a lot of other things, right. but seemed like he was just someone that I wanted to get behind. That I thought I wanted to help support. I wanted to help him build his career, everything. And that's kind of how Billy was, and that's how everyone else kind of. You're just attracted to those people, right? Yeah. We all have, we yeah. all know people right. that are like that. Like you just flock to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think everyone like people. hopped on board so quick. We're all about right. it, and it wasn't until later that we kind of started to realize that did, yeah. he could. Well, he wasn't going to come really through on this one on at all. Yeah. Well, he knew, 
but he didn't want to know. Right. I think in his own mind, too, he probably just believed, like, I've been able to do it so far. What's saying that I can't get? Yeah. But in that documentary, I don't know if it was on this Netflix one or the Hulu one that I watched, but I think it was on the the Netflix version, though. But Billy was kind of, I don't want to use that word sketchy again, but he was super smart, right? Yeah. Because he would, do you remember how in the beginning stages, he would go buy tickets to Hamilton, sell those, but then utilize the funds from that to go buy tickets to the Celtics or wherever it was. Mm -hmm. Like he would utilize those funds from one to help offset dollars for something else. So, so he could always have these cool guest experiences for Mm -hmm. all of his followers and all of his fans Mm -hmm. and all those people that were kind of a part of that black, was it black card or whatever it was, the black card thing that he was doing. So yeah, he. I think he. I mean, he was smart. He was a yeah. good salesperson. Obviously, Incredible he can salesperson. sell anything. Yeah, definitely. Well, he would. Once they got kind of deep into the planning stages, they would run out of cash, basically, and so he would have to just like fly back to New York quick, meet with an investor, mm-hmm. get a million dollars or mm-hmm. however much he would get, and come back and mm-hmm. spend it for whatever next bill that needed to be taken care of, or to to keep moving along with it, and even. This is one we always laugh about now, but a lot of those fire media or employees of fire had to put personal, like those charges on their personal credit cards. So they like went through the list of the documentary and there's like three of them that verbally said like, I have like $200,000 on their Amex on their Amex from. So I kind of joked to Callie the other day we were at the gym (laughs) and I'm like, so do you think I could borrow like $200,000 or $250,000? I was like... (laughs) Heck no. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, how could you even ask somebody to do those things? Like, I don't. Yeah. I. But yeah. honestly, I guess if you were in that situation where it was life or death and. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't life or death. Your life for is him, like. I mean, it's his, his reputation on the line. line. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he had a choice but to no. ask his employees for $200,000, $250,000, all these things. I feel bad when I like forget my wallet and I go get a coffee and I have to be like. Can, I, can you get me my coffee? I'll Venmo you. Like, I just don't understand <laughs> right. how you can ask someone for that much. But I know. I guess when you're it happens. a big shot and, it happens. you know, your life is on the line. <laughs> I'm talking about it happens for coffee. <laughs> Not it happens for $200,000. My gosh. But since we're talking about the millions of dollars, let's talk about the food because that was a huge part of this event and how they were going to have sushi and all these different incredible um, stations and all this great food that was going to be brought in. And it was, but it wasn't ready for right. those pieces. So I know Andy talks a little bit in that piece about what their food budget was, what, $6 million? Does that sound right? Or they, he wanted to be spending $6 million, six million but they but only had $1, one million, million to work yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you talk about even $1 million seems a pretty decent food budget, yeah. you know, for the event itself. Mm -hmm. But obviously you're dealing not in the States. You're dealing with a lot of other things. You're dealing with customs. Remember the water got held up in customs and that whole notorious story, which we don't need to go into (laughs) into on this podcast. But um, yeah, you have all these incredible vendors that are a part of things, but they didn't get the opportunity to shine. Right. So a lot of the fault lies not on them in particular, but you're dealing with uh, one mastermind really. That kind of was the demise of it all. Yeah. yeah. And that was one part I didn't catch in the documentary. Like I just kind of felt like the food just kind of didn't come to like fruition entirely. Mm-hmm. But then we listened to that podcast and Andy yeah. talked about about how like the chef, staff, food, everything was there. Yeah. But because those guests came in those couple hours early, mm-hmm. they weren't prepared in time. So right. literally yeah. there's a chef and his staff preparing in one tent mm-hmm. and some of the kids come and see some of the volunteers or the workers yeah. ha- eating a sandwich in their volunteer tent mm-hmm. and they like Pil- they pillage pillaged it oh 
so that's how you see this infamous cheese cheese sandwich it's actually like that was what was in there and that's what they came to Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really what was being prepared for them so Mm -hmm. there's kind of like that misconception sort of i feel like but there's a lot of stories to be told though you got andy's story which Mm -hmm. from our standpoint i mean we follow it pretty closely because of the event side and he is an incredible event planner but you've got also um billy's story you've got billy's girlfriend story like billy's girlfriend gets on there on the hulu version and talks about that side of it got all these vendors that are a part of it like do you remember the av guy callie or any of you got actually but where he's like it's 45 days pre-event and now you're asking me to like build this stage and get all this av equipment in here you know it's not like it's going across town no right no so you're talking about people that are supposed to do these things within a 45 day period which is almost unrealistic and even like bringing in acts, I mean, bringing in those right. like Blink-182 or whatever, they were so last minute. They were yeah. not much more than that 45 days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's crazy when we're booking out or knowing people booking out acts years in advance. Isn't that crazy? What would you have done differently, Maddie? Um, I would have taken the warning signs and, yeah. you know, dream big, but you still have to be realistic. So once I had, you know, multiple people on my team telling me, it's not going to work. I would have, you know, just heeded Listened. their warning yeah. and canceled or, you know, tried to, re- I don't know. I would have gotten out of it somehow and tried to get people their money back because that stuff just completely stresses me out. From his perspective, from Billy's and the team for that matter is those dollars were spent, right? True. right. So it's true. you paid your $1,500 or your $5,000 to stay in the yacht or whatever, but it's gone. Like there is no money. <laughs> You've got investors who, like if you read some of the contracts, like if in the event of rain or XYZ or whatever, they were supposed to get their dollars back. Nobody has or will, will. or whatever that looks like. But, but even when they asked attendees after a couple, like was it two weeks before the event to put extra money in for like was it those like beverages, those chargeable cards, yeah, 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 yeah. cards oh, and then yeah. they had a wristband so they could just yeah. scan. Yeah. And they put all that – so people would put in thousands of dollars for yeah. other activities or whatever, they, and then they, they wouldn't spend use. it. Yeah, they just went and spent it for whatever other bill it was. You know? You know, if it were me, I would probably still try to figure out how to do it as best as I possibly could. Granted, it wouldn't be the experience that we sold in that essence, but I think you'd try to figure out how to do it. I don't know if I would – Ooh, I don't know because you're I don't dealing know if I with would all these people on this I island know. and they're just stuck there. Like the yeah. safety no part of that. Yeah, right. the safety kill part me. of it. Yeah, kill me. And Marianne, sweet Marianne from that restaurant, Marianne and Elvis, you know, those two on that documentary, you can hear her in any articles that you've read post. Like she put up over $50,000 of her own money to pay staff, right? Yeah. So she took money out of savings that her and Elvis yeah. had in this restaurant and since then, um, people have created a GoFundMe account, and we just looked the other day, and it's over mm-hmm. $225,000. People are still making donations just yesterday yeah. into that fund to help pay them, but also the Islanders back. You know, you, right. ta- you hear the Islanders' perspectives as well, and all these people were kind of contracted in to build things, to build the shacks, to build all these different pieces, right, to even set up the lockers for people to put their valuables in, and they were not paid. Nope. So. Um, kudos to those that started that GoFundMe because now those individuals are getting what they need back. It still doesn't make up for everybody else, though, no, that lost right. those dollars mm-hmm. and what that looks like in the end. But mm-hmm. would you have hosted it and went on with it? In my honest opinion, no, I don't think I could have. I think there's too many factors that are saying, no, do not do this. I don't do think you think I Billy would have went to – well, I don't even know. I can't even – 
speculate if he would have went to jail, if he would have still done it. You That's know? what I was going to say is, you know, at least if he would have semi pulled it off, then maybe he wouldn't have had jail time. Maybe he just would have, you know, ruined his career, which is still a big deal, but it's not as bad as going to jail and ruining your career. So I don't, I don't know. I Would you think, have done it? I mean, I, I like to think in my head that once I would have heard the first time around on the first island from the first guy from the Navy, it said, like, don't do it. I feel like I, I hoped I would have listened. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, like, the concept of the event or, like, doing it the location-wise of it was, the, like, the issue. Like, what if they even waited a year? Yeah. yeah. He said yeah. no and, like, give. I need another year. Yeah. Like, in my head, I would have been like, okay, I can still do it in a year. Post-time like, it. I don't know why they think they need to do it in three months' time. Yeah. I don't understand why they – we're rushing, rushing so much. I think if they would have taken their time and kind of thought through everything beforehand, I think it could have. I could have mm-hmm. possibly gone off. Yeah, they could have maybe done it. So that's where I kind of am like, why? What was the rush? Like, why wait? You can still. You could almost have built built the hype more. Built. You know, yeah. everything could have been more developed, and I feel like it could have really been possibly a success. Yeah, if they just would have waited. But. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and hopefully we'll never have to do another one of these. So. <laughs> it's kind of fun to hear your guys' perspective on things because it's – I think we all have – I mean, we always have the best intention at events. And you you sometimes have events, especially first-year events that we kick off or that we're a part of the planning stages where they break even, right? Sometimes there's not dollars to be made. It's just a break even because you have so much, so much invested into it. You've got marketing teams and design and – everything all that you kind of build really from that first year and it you always have the best intentions like i said but sometimes it just it's not in your favor yeah and he didn't start small either like he hired the best of the best people so him spending his money was not an issue like he just was blowing money left and right i don't know i always thought at the end of the documentary you see him at it again though yeah yeah and it's kind of left right so now he's in prison Mm-hmm. why the face yeah. Maddie? i don't know it's just you know although he messed up so much it's just like it's just sad you know mm-hmm. like it's sad for all the people that were involved but yeah. then it's also sad for him like obviously he's a smart guy business wise well not well you know what i mean yeah. like yeah being a salesman creative. and he's creative and all this stuff and he just he's just so young and i mean he's i'm 23 you're 23 like yeah it just wasn't much it's just so us, sad. But, yeah. But I mean, maybe someday he'll kind of I hope he learns his lesson. That's yes. all I'm gonna say. Yeah. That'd be the one thing is like you can't build events like this. And that guy is a mastermind behind events, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hosted these events for years, years mm-hmm. and years. And he can create that following. So for his sake, I hope he truly sound like a mother now, right? I hope you've learned your lesson, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like you you want to stand behind that because I think it always – in our industry anyway, it kind of – there's that skepticism now of like, oh my totally, gosh, is yeah. this going to be another say, fire fest? Is this another fire festival? Yeah. Because yeah. we've been a part of festivals before that have been so successful. And I mean, you just try to figure out like if it's your place or not, you know? Right. And you want to make sure that um, it is successful not only for the event the, – the host of the event, but also the community, right? Because they're your ambassadors for years to come. That community is not big fans of them mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So – Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Billy. Good luck. See you in six years. <laughs> no. Thanks, ladies. It was always good to kind of hear your perspective on the event side of things and kind of do our own little analysis of yeah. mm-hmm. 
how it all went down. Maybe we'll find another one to do. I hope there's not another fire festival. Maybe we'll find another Ooh. analysis to do. Be maybe it will be a positive one. Yeah, maybe it'll be really yeah. something that turned out really great. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Good Work. We hope you enjoyed our review of the Fire Festival. Tune in next week as we introduce you to the woman behind our floral dreams, Stacy Shop from the Flower Mill. Don't forget to subscribe to The Good Work on YouTube and iTunes and follow the event company on social media to stay up to date on the good work we are part of each day.